Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. If I haven't met you before, my name's Liam, and I um, and the kids pastor here, I get the privilege of leading um, our little ones, uh, our littler ones, and our not-so-little ones, because there are some of them that are way taller than I am. But, um, you know, it's amazing to be in that space. I am amazed by what God continues to do um, this morning. I, this is off, off the cusp, but this morning we saw one of our kids pray for another kid who had a sore back, and, man, that person was instantly healed. Amen. God is amazing. Hallelujah. God is absolutely amazing. Hey, before we start, I just want to um, take a moment to just um, thank God for and, and honour our senior pastors, Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah. Um, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for these guys um, stewarding the call of God on their life so well, leading this church. Um, funny story, actually. I remember 2019, Pastor Ben will remember it. 2019, I was doing a ministry internship uh, with a Christian organisation. And I was in, in like, and I was like, okay, I'm going to organize a meeting with Pastor Ben. These guys are so good. I was so passionate about what they were doing. Pastor Ben, we need to partner with these guys. I left that meeting uh, with Pastor Ben convincing me to do the bright internship. Uh, and as you, as they may always say, you know, um, the rest is history. Here I am preaching today. And so I am so glad to be here, guys. It is amazing. God has been doing such amazing work um, in this church. And I'm so excited for the future of this place. Um, and so, yeah, let's go. Let's go after it. I thought I'd start by addressing the elephant in the room. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, this might not, you know, come as a surprise. You don't really understand. But those of you who do know me, something about me looks a little bit different. I understand. I understand. I shaved last night. Ah, no, no, that's right. I got a perm. Yes, I got a perm. My hair is curly. It is very different. It is very different. And I'll tell you a little bit about this perm. Um, if you asked me a year ago uh, what a perm was, I wouldn't be able to tell you a single thing. But earlier this week, I went and I sat down in the hairdressers and I was like, give me a perm. And the first thing she said to me was, are you sure? <laughs> It's always reassuring when your hairdresser is asking, are you sure, before getting something. And I was like, yes, yes, give me a perm, I want it, go ahead. And she starts going away, and I wish they had told me when I was booking their haircut, I wish they told me when she before she started their haircut, but she started doing all the process, she started putting my hair in all these little curls, and she's like, by the way, you have to wait two and a half hours. I was like, two and a half hours? Now, all the ladies in the room, they're probably like, oh, two and a half hours is nothing. But two and a half hours, guys, that's a long time. And I'm like, what? I've got things to do. I've got places to be. I've got, like, things I want to do and things I have to do. Like, this is important. Two and a half hours is a long time. And I thought to myself, well, I better make use of my time. And so, you know, I was sending text messages and, and also all that sort of stuff while I was sitting in the chair. And it got me thinking. It was like, man, we sure do a lot of waiting in life. We wait on so many things. Pastor Ben preached an amazing message on waiting for God, and, and we wait so much. I actually did some research um, just before. before. Um, now, I don't know the authenticity of this fact um, because I did it in, in, in 30 seconds, but I was like, it'd be interesting to know how much we wait in life. And the average human can wait anywhere between five to six years of their life spent waiting in a line or a queue. Five or six years in a line or a queue. That's a lot of waiting, amen, amen. But more importantly, and this is for the, all those road ragers out there, um, guilty, uh, I will repent of that later on. But 
you can actually spend up to six months of your life on average waiting at traffic lights. Man, if you're like me, that is so annoying. But we wait. We wait for so many things in life. There are so many seasons of waiting. We wait for breakthrough. We wait for miracles. Maybe it's the right job. Maybe it's a relationship. Who knows? We wait on so many things. I think across this room, I, could, I can safely say every single one of us can remember a time where we had to go through a long period of waiting. Many people in the Bible had to do that very same thing. I think of Abraham and Sarah. They had to wait for their promised son, Isaac. I think I head into the New Testament. You can read about it in Acts chapter 2. The disciples had to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. Waiting is a common theme throughout the entire Bible, and we are no less than that. We also have to wait. We also go through seasons of waiting. Who here hates, like genuinely, when I say hate, I genuinely mean this, by the way. Who here hates those ads that pop up as you're scrolling through like Instagram, Facebook, and there's like games and stuff, right? Yeah, well, I absolutely hate that. But I caved. I caved the other week. Pastor Az knows exactly what I'm talking about. We bonded over this uh, mutual caving a little while ago. But there's this game called Last War. Who's heard of it? Anyone? Nah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, there's another person. Basically, the premise of the game is, you're, you know, there's zombies, there's a zombie apocalypse, and you kind of, you're the last, your last line of defense, and you kind of have to fight all these zombies. Anyways, what drew me in, this is a big side piece at the moment, what drew me in, it, it attracted my nerdiness, because you start as one trooper, and you're marching along, and then it's like, you can either times two or times three. And I'm like, oh, obviously I'm timesing three. Times three is bigger than times two. Then you go along next and it's like, we either plus 10 or plus 15. Oh, I'm plusing 15, guys. Like, that's way better than plus 10. Anyway, so I was like, oh, yeah, this, this game, it's more than just a game. It's, you know, appealing to my maths. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm doing things. Anyways, basically the way you kind of proceed through the game is you have to level up. You have to level up your troops. You have to level up your, your property. And I was really keen on levelling up my level 9 hall into a level 10 hall. I was like, who knows, a level 9 hall is worse than a level 10. We want level 10. And so I was like, alright, I'm going for that level 10 hall. I want to upgrade. So I gathered all my resources. Yeah, come on, come on, that's right. I gathered all my resources. I'm like, I'm ready. Level 10 hall, here we come. 10 hour wait. I was like, oh. 10 hours. I don't have 10 hours. I want to finish this game now. 10 hours for a level 10 haul. Anyways, in that very moment, I don't know if it was my iPhone listening to me, the algorithms decided in that very moment it was the perfect time, but another ad popped up. $1.19. Power-ups. And right in that power-up, in the mixture of power-ups, was the exact one I needed in that moment. I caved. I got duped again. <laughs> I got you. I, by the way, I never spend money in game. This is the first time I've done it in my entire life. I caved. I bought it and I was like, oh no, what have I done? Anyways, it didn't really help me. It only shaved five hours of my time. So I still have to wait five hours. I really got duped. And what's worse is it was actually in USD, not AUD. So I'm really like many dollars down. It's really not going for me at all. But the lesson I, what's the lesson I learned here? I le the lesson I learned is we value our time so much. We value our time so much. Often when we have to wait, we actually get to a point where we feel like we're wasting time and we just want things now. We want it now. We're so ingrained in this instantaneous culture. Now, 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 now. But I want to suggest to you that perhaps one of our biggest temptations in life is impatience. One of our biggest temptations in life 
is impatience and what can that allow that allows so many different things it's you know in this instance my impatience led me to doing things what i thought is in my own strength what i didn't realize was um you know there's a bunch of side quests you can do that help you gain all these extra power-ups but like i could make use of my time in that moment doing some valuable things within the game uh, to, to really proceed within it but i chose the shortcut i was like nah i'm gonna i'm just gonna do this because this is the easiest option and now I'm like a dollar something down in, in Australian dollars and I'm like, I'm nowhere closer than I was except for five hours, but what is that when you're waiting so long for a game? And I was like, wow, we can really allow our impatience to do th make us do things in our own strength. And it reminded me of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Our time doesn't need to be wasted. Our time doesn't need to be wasted. We can be doing things with our time just as much as what our impatience may seem like it's doing as well. Our patience, I want, to, I want to suggest this to you, our patience doesn't have to be a static experience that is waiting around and waiting for that clock to tick down. Rather, the way we conduct ourselves as we wait, the way we conduct ourselves as we wait, better positions ourselves for when we arrive. Now, I can't give you the answers on why we wait. I can't give you the answers on that, right? I can't say, you know, you're waiting for this, you're waiting for that. You know, sometimes it's God, sometimes it's the enemy, sometimes it's our stubborn selves just putting blocks in our own path. You know, that's a sermon for itself on its own. But I can tell you this, I can tell you this right now. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, it says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time, it hastens to the end and it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. If it's from God, if it's God's will, it will not delay. And so the title of my message tonight is, in my notes I said pause for comedic effect. I hope that worked. Uh, what do you do while you wait for God? What do you do while you wait for God? I think sometimes when we wait, we can feel like things aren't happening and then we lose trust. And I love what Pastor Ben was talking about last week in terms of our heart posture needs to be a, a posture of trust and faith in God. That's a very fabric of what our faith means, to trust in, in Him. So I want to ask you today, what are you not waiting for with patience? What are you not waiting for um, or what are you not allowing God to move in? Don't limit the power of God for the future because of a lack in the past. I'm going to spoil my message a little bit here. Instead, wait, trust, pray. Don't limit the power of God for the future because of a lack in the past. Wait, trust, pray. Now, to be clear, I don't want, to, I don't want you guys to get under the impression that um, whatever I'm going to say and whatever I'm going to preach today, this is like the formula. This, you know, if you do all these things, God is going to answer your prayers, prayers. I don't think that's always going to happen. Rather, I want to position us to a point where we can, we can put ourselves in a place where we're best to receive what God is going to give us. We're going to, pray, we're going to pray because that's what it is. I'm spoiling my message ahead of time. I shouldn't have done that. We're just going to pray. Like that's all it is. It's all in prayer. But how do we do that? What's the practicals to that? Last week, Pastor Ben spoke about our heart's posture. And I said it before, it's having a position of trust. Now, what can we do with that? What can we do with that? We're going to open up to the word now. Um, I moved my bookmark and that was really bad. Um, we're going to look at Psalm 13. And I love the fact that we're doing some in the Psalms. And I'm actually a bit sad 
that we're, we're concluding the, the series because I actually love the Psalms. So I encourage you in your own time, there's 150 Psalms. You've got, you know, if you do one day, that's 150 days of your year. You know, your study plan's already written for you. Read the Psalms, go through it. I absolutely love it because it's like a mirror to my own life. It's like a mirror to my own feelings and it just really speaks to me. And when I was praying over this message, when I was reading through the Psalms, I really felt the Lord highlight um, to me Psalm 13. So if you've got your Bibles, your phones, why don't you flick to Psalm 13 before you, well, as you're doing that, I'll give you just a little bit of context here. So it's an individual lament and it's of David. So most would agree it is um, authored by David, King David himself. Um, it, it says in my Bible, at least, to the choir master. So if the intention was for it to be sung. I won't sing it. That's the thing that Pastor Ben sometimes does, and I'll leave it to him on purpose. I'm not singing it. Um, the other thing that I want to highlight is, um, at least in my research, maybe you guys can spend a little bit of time digging further, um, but I couldn't find necessarily when it was written, but it might have been written in the time period, roughly, of when King Saul was trying to kill David. Now, that's important, and we'll revisit that later, but that's about the context that I've got given to you. So, have we got Psalm 13 ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. It's only six verses, nice, short, and sharp, and sweet, so let's do it. Um, mine is titled, How Long, O Lord? Verse 1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Man, David sounds pretty desperate here. He sounds pretty lost. How many of us have gone through periods where we're pretty lost? I found myself pretty lost many, many times, especially playing hide and seek. I'm the worst at that. Verse 3, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. And this is my favourite part in this entire psalm. Verse 5. But I. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. But my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has. He has dealt bountifully with me. Man, I absolutely love Psalm 13. It's so easy to read, by the way. Six verses. Um, and to break it down, there's only like three parts really two verses per thing i'm making your life easy this is nice straightforward point number one david's response in his time of waiting in his time of of trial and tribulation david's response was to pray and in that david was honest and raw expressing his emotions before god in verse one and two it mentions how long four times how many of you know well maybe you do maybe you don't i don't know how many of you guys have kids here I don't have kids, but anyway. Um, how many of you know, if a kid says, are we there yet? For the first time, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, they're just being a little bit impatient. Second time, it's like, oh, here we go. Third time, really annoying. Fourth time, you're like, you, do you need to go to the toilet? Like, is something wrong here? You know, they must be desperate when they're saying something for the fourth time. How long? He's crying out to God. He's saying, how long? Verse 1, it also says, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Often when we're, um, you know, walking away or doing things when we're in the wilderness, it feels like God has hidden from us. And I saw a sign the other day when I was going home from work. I'm not going to name where it is, um, but it's on, on um, 
Liverpool Road and Mount Mountain Highway. Anyways, it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, no, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a brilliant sign. Sometimes it's a little bit polarizing. I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't put that up on a public sign. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is really encouraging. And I saw the sign and it said, then it's still there this week, actually. It says, if God seems far away, guess who moved? Thank you, Baronia Salvos. Um, <laughs> honestly, I was like, wow, that's perfect for my message. I'm going to take that. So I thought I had to give him a little bit of credit. If God seems far away, guess who moved? I'm doubling down on this fact that while we're waiting, if it feels like sometimes God is so far away, what are you doing in that moment? Because we're the ones that need to turn back to God. God isn't the one that turned away from us. If you read the word, we know God is always present. He's all powerful and he's all knowing. He knows where we are. If it feels like he's moved away we need to move back towards him so what can we do I, I love um I love this idea of moving back to him because sometimes when I think about my Uber Eats deliveries I'm constantly looking for where he is and I'm looking back at the map so I want you guys as you're like in those waiting periods think about that map that you're at and where God is God's all always there but like where are you on that map? God's there. Go find him. Because if he seems far away, I promise you he's not. He's one step. He's closer than hands and feet. He is with you and he is with you always. Verse 2, um, it says, How long must I take counsel in my soul? And here when I read it, I'm like, man, David must be at his wit's end. He must be at this point where he's like, how long more? How much more do I have to endure this? Um, last year, I um, was at a, a youth, youth night, youth live night, shout out Bright Youth. Um, and, you know, Pastor Az was away and with Nikki and they were having, um, you know, baby Gia and welcoming her into the world. And it was actually a lovely time to be able to just continue worshipping the Lord, uh, knowing that these guys are welcoming Gia into the world. Absolutely cute baby by the way um anyways we were it was i can't remember who was preaching but we went into response time we're praying for um for the youth and i was praying i was praying like real fire prayer by the way i was like holy spirit come holy spirit come anyways the kid hits the deck and he's he's obviously feeling things and oh i was feeling something as well um i i ended up having what is known as a kidney stone. And if you know what a kidney stone feels like, maybe you don't. Apparently, I don't know because I have nothing else worse to compare it to, but apparently it's one of the worst pains you could ever feel. And in that moment, I was torn because I was like, oh, I, you know, I need prayer. I, I'm struggling a lot, but uh, oh, I've got this youth night. We need to continue like, finishing off. I want to close off well. We had another issue that we had to deal with. Like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go through this pain. Um, God bless all the, the female leaders um, on our youth team. They all thought it was a period cramp um, or at least like it. Um, I'm not going to dive into the biology, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have a period cramp. Um, but, you know, I was desperate. I was desperate in this time of need. I was like, all right, like, what do we do here? So they made me do these stretches on... Without being too graphic, I did so many stretches on that back door. Like, if there were photos, fair enough. Like, hats off to you. Like, that, that's, that could ruin a career. Um, I was doing all sorts of period cramp stretches trying to get rid of this. <laughs> the point that I want to say here is I was desperate in that moment. And um, at, the end of the, at the end of the service, I just started pacing around and a few bad words might have come out of my mouth. I repented of those. But I was in so much pain. I was like crying out to God. I was just like, God, like take away this pain. I don't know what it is. At that moment, I didn't know what it was. I was like, God, take away this pain. Take away this pain. Take away this pain. The thing that I want you guys to take away from verses 1 to 2 is the desperation that David shows here teaches us the importance of coming to God 
with your raw and unfiltered emotions. Now you may say, but Liam, God knows everything. He already knows I'm going through this stuff. But that's not the point. God wants us to seek him. He wants us to be intimate and close to him. He wants us to express our deepest thoughts and desires. In other words, he wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to be at that point where I can go to him with this pain that I'm going through. And no matter whatever comes out of my mouth, he loves me so much that he wants to hear it. So desperation teaches us the importance of coming to God with your raw and unfiltered emotions. Point number two, David's very emotions stirred up his prayer life. David's very emotions stirred up his prayer life. Let's go back to the kidney stone. It's a memory I didn't think I'd have to relive, but anyways. You know, I, I didn't know what to do at that moment, and I was a bit stubborn, and I did a lot of things wrong, and, and Jacob Jones at the front here can probably attest to that. I did a lot of things wrong, but in that moment, the only thing that I could result to or go back to was my prayer life to God. And so I don't know how many laps of this auditorium I did, but I did so many laps, man. I was praying to God. I've probably never prayed much fire prayers than that in a moment of my own need ever. Because I was like, God, come, 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 come. Heal me, heal me, heal me. I can't do this. I can't do this. Whatever this is. And then like every now and then, period cramp stretch. And I was like, come, 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 come. Like it was really, really painful. But I, what I did in that moment was I, I, I allowed that my emotion, not just to take, get over me and be like, all right, I, I'm just going to go home and just really, you know, cry it out or struggle. No, I'm just going to take this to God right now. My first response was my first response to go to God and then I allowed it to stir up my prayer life. In verse 3 of, of Psalm chapter 13, David says, consider and answer me. He's pleading. He's pleading with God. He's crying out to God. Verse 3 also then says, light up my eyes. He's saying, God, guide me. Show me. Show me what's wrong. Show me my way. Guide me. I need you because I can't get out of this situation on my own. One of, the, one of the stories within the Bible that I absolutely love the most is um, this, one of the stories of the prophet Elijah. And, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because I think the picture that is painted here, at least in my mind, is one of the most powerful pictures in terms of what, what happens when you allow your emotions to stir up your, your prayer life and when you allow your emotions to really fire up what you're going after. Yeah. Um, I don't have it up on the screens, but um, you can read about it in 1 Kings chapter 18. Um, Israel is going through a drought period at this time, so there's no rain, and, and um, you know God God had prophesied that we, all, we He knew like, the prophet the Elijah knew that that was coming, but you know it's pretty hard to live a life without rain. <laughs> Am I right? We we need water. Anyways, it got to a point where in chapter 18, uh, my title says here the Lord sends rain. So spoiler, He sends rain. Um, but the, the the beautiful thing about this right now was that Elijah went down, went up to that mountain and he said, I'll just read it to you actually, I, just, I can't even be bothered to explain it, I'm just going to read it because it's just so powerful. Uh, chapter 18 verse 41 and it says, And Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea and he went up and looked again and said, there is nothing. And Elijah said, go again, seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. 
And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, there was great rain. The picture of Elijah on his knees. He was so desperate. He allowed his emotions to stir up his faith and he got down on his knees. When I read uh, Psalm 13, I picture the same thing with David. He's in this period of, of time where he's, you know, struggling, like, you know, he, he's lost. He, he's supposed to be king. And, and now he's like in this state of despair. I just picture David, the great man of faith that he is, on his knees. In the greatest times of need, pray, pray, pray. Pray with perseverance. Pray for intervention. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 it's a common verse, but I absolutely love it. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In the greatest times of need, pray, pray, pray. Point number three. I need to find my page again. Point number three. David in the space of a verse. There's only six verses here. David, in the space of a verse, turned his sorrow into praise through faith. Verse 5, I said it before, one of my favourite part of this. It starts with saying, but I, but I, but I, in spite of my circumstances, but I, in spite of the fact that I don't know where you are, God, but I have trusted in your steadfast love, but I will rejoice in your salvation. Pastor Ben preached this last week. He said, he said, make deliverance your declaration because faith is your posture. You see, we all have dreams. We all have visions, goals, aspirations. Maybe we have uh, miracles we're waiting for, breakthroughs we're, we're seeking. We all have that. But so did David. And David knew, you know, he knew he was going to be king one day. But there was one tiny problem. King Saul was still in power. An even greater problem. King Saul was trying to kill him. David knew this. But even in that moment, he chose to make this declaration. He chose to say, I trust in you, God. David knew that whatever his circumstance, that at the end of the day, only God was going to be the one who would deliver him. Verse 6 then says, um, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He has. We already have all that we need. See, the truth of the matter is, you know, you and I, we, we've missed the mark of God. We're sinners. That's what sin is. And the, the punishment for, for sin, the consequence for sin is death. But this is where the gospel comes into play. This is where the good news comes into play. This is where Jesus comes into play. Instead of dying the death that we deserve, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on that cross for you and me in this life so that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. I think that is so, so, so powerful. He has already dealt bountifully. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve any of that because we are the ones who have chosen to walk away from God. And yet God loves us so much that He wants us back in His life that He would send His Son Jesus, His only begotten Son, to die the death of all deaths, but to rise again and to rise again, defeating death so that we may have a relationship with Him, so that we may have uh, salvation through Him. Jesus is enough. Salvation is enough. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed, in, bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is enough. Jesus is greater than whatever situation that you're going through, whatever thing that you're waiting for, whatever wilderness season you're in. Jesus is enough. He's greater than your despair. He's greater than your sorrow. He's greater than your pain. But can I say this as well? He's greater than your dreams. He's greater than your plans. We may be waiting for, you may be sitting there and you'll be like, but Liam, I'm not waiting for a like breakthrough or a miracle because my life's pretty good. But I am waiting for that promise that God gave me in my life. I'm waiting for that promise that He said, I'm going to do this, this and this. Yes, we may be waiting through that period. I've been waiting so many years for those periods, for different things in my life. But Jesus is enough. Jesus is greater than our dreams, our visions and our plans. I'll go back to the story of the kidney stone. I was, I was in hospital and I'm going, I'm going into the ER and I'm in the waiting room, incidentally. Um, and I, I'm there and I remember I'm in so much pain and people were praying over me. People were praying, you know, with perseverance. They were praying for intervention. They were praying for God to, to come and move and it's awesome. I ran out of words, if I'm honest. It was a couple of hours later into night. I think, I don't know what we, when we got to the hospital. I think it was like 12 something. Like it was, it was, yeah, Ashton was there, Sarah was there. Like they took me there because I was stubborn. Um, but like it was late and I had run out, like we had just done a massive youth night. I had run out of words to say and I remember the one word that I could remember was Jesus. And so I just prayed under my breath, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I didn't stop. I didn't stop until I got into that doctor's room where they could examine me. And I sat down. And I kid you not, in that instant, the pain went away. It was gone. There was no more pain. And I waited through like so many hours and all I could result to, all the thing that I could end on was naming the name of Jesus, declaring His name over my circumstance. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's all I could do. What's amazing with this story was that I did some MRIs, I did an X-ray and they did see a fairly large kidney stone. And then they were like, all right, you know, go, go back into the waiting room. And I was like, okay, in the moment now, I'm just going to, you know, I don't feel any pain anymore, but I'm just going to keep praying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I started worshipping like weird songs. I don't even know what I was singing in my mind, but I was worshipping to God. I was like, God, have it all, have it all. You've given me all that I need. Even if this kidney stone is right there, you've given me all that I need. I will rejoice in my salvation because you are enough. I don't know, maybe an hour later I went back in. They'd be like, we want to do another scan because it's quite large. We're not sure what we're going to do with it. And we're not sure the meds are going to work. They, they sit me in there and they're like, all right, we can't see it. Can you just like shift a little bit? And I'm like, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. can't see it. And I was like, what do you mean you can't see it? You said it was there. And they're like, no, we can't see it. It's not there. Man, Jesus came through. God came through in that moment because he took away my kidney stone just like that. And it's a story that I will share for years and years and years. But the only thing that I could think about in the moment, I'll tell you what, was the fact that Jesus was my Lord and Saviour, that He had come to save my life. And all I could think about in that moment wasn't the pain, but was the name of Jesus. I want you all to stand to your feet. There's three practicals that I want you guys to take away, three practical lessons or three things that you can take away from, from tonight. The first point is, 
Make prayer your first response. Be honest and raw in prayer. Being vulnerable and genuine, having a relationship with Him. Number two, persevere in prayer. Use your emotions and your situation to stir up your prayers. And number three, pray prayers of gratitude. Praise in faith, knowing and trusting in who God is. There's two groups of people that I want to pray for tonight. And the first group of people, uh, maybe you're sitting here and you've been invited along and, and you don't know Jesus. And I want to pray with you tonight because I, I truly believe Jesus is here and he's real in this room. He's here and he wants to meet you. I didn't grow up a Christian. I didn't grow up knowing God. I didn't grow up knowing anything. And all my life up until about year nine, I remember I was just like waiting. I was waiting to feel loved for the first time. I was waiting to feel like someone had wanted me, that someone knew me deep, 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 that they knew me so deeply. And I thought maybe I'd find that in, you know, finishing VCE and graduating with a good ATAR. Maybe I thought I'd find that in, in, in getting a good friendship circle. I thought I'd find that in, uh, you know, getting a family. And these are all good things, but I was never satisfied. It got to a point where I sat in a room with some teachers and I was going through probably the darkest time that I could ever remember. And I was waiting. I was just like, you know, how am I going to get out of this? Where's the end? I couldn't see the end in sight. And these teachers, they offered to pray for me. And I was like, you know, I went to a Christian school. I'm like, sweet, let's do this. You know, that's what, that's what Christians do. We pray. I'm like, all right, cool. So I bowed my head and closed my eyes. And in that moment, I felt like this hug wrap around me. I was like, oh, that's weird. That's so weird. So I opened my eyes. I'm like, no, nope, it's not the teachers. I remember this exact thought going through my mind. If it was the teachers, I could sue them. <laughs> but it wasn't the teachers, right? And so I closed my eyes again. I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to press into this. I'm going to try and experience what's happening right now. And in that moment, in a time where I didn't know if I was going to be living at home or living in foster care, I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, safe if I went home that night. I didn't even know if I was going to go home that night. And you can imagine as a 15-year-old how scary that might be. And I was waiting through that period, but all I could feel was love in that moment. And Jesus is right here and He wants you to feel that exact same love tonight. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity if you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus, Jesus is here. Jesus is real. And He wants to meet you tonight. So I want to encourage you, no one else in the room's looking, just to slip your hand up in the, in the air so I can see it. And you're saying, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. I want that love that Liam's talking about. I want that life that, that Liam has lived. I want the miracles in, in, in my life that, um, that you, you can provide. Don't wait any longer. It's quite ironic because I'm talking about waiting, but don't wait any longer. Don't wait for, oh, I'm not ready yet. Don't wait for, oh, I'll do it when that person um, will do it. The time of salvation is now. So if you're in this room, you don't know Jesus and you're saying, yeah, I want to know you. On the count of three, I want you to put your hand up in the air. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.